Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the From the Finney podcast with me, Jake. And me, Ollie. Uh, we're without Dan again this week as he's still away in New York, but this is the first of what is hopefully going to be a weekly podcast post-game throughout the rest of the season. So yeah, hope you enjoy it. Today, you have a good party last night. Hey, Jake. Uh, yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. Mum's little birthday party last night, and then went into town, so just about recovered now. Happy days. Kept so, you away from the uh, meltdown. Kept me away from the um, from the post ga- post game meltdown. Yeah. That's so I've not even not even had a look to be fair, but um, to be expected. We were getting promoted when we signed Bayless. Now we're getting relegated. So. Yeah. Typical. Uh, Social media meltdown, I think, but hey-ho. Um, should we cover the Millwall game, then? It's probably the best place to start. Yeah, just a little overview. Yeah, um, to be honest, and I think it's being glossed over quite a bit, in the first half, I don't think we were that bad at all, really. Um, mm. We moved the ball well, obviously. I think we had 60% possession come half-time. Um, yeah. We had the best chance of the half, I think. Maguire had another decent effort that was made yeah. so wide of the far post. Um, I Maguire's, I think um, everyone's talking about uh, Alan Brown's, but I think Maguire's header from about six yards out. Yeah, that went flying over. Should have gone in, yeah. Should have um, should have scored that as well. So, no, I played all right first half. The thing uh, is, if we if we scored early on in that game with, yeah. with some of the chances that we had, people will point to no shots on target, mm. but. They were, they were. I'd say, argue, well, I'd argue that they were, they were better than half chances. Yeah, probably should have uh, scored a goal in the first half. And was, and if if we score in the first half, it's a completely different game then. Yeah, yeah, we had a couple of set pieces as well, which were didn't quite fall for us, which yeah. could have easily. So yeah, then they turned the ball quite a lot, and then they won a lot of second balls. Um. Then they've had one real chance in the first half, four from Tom Clark, and then I think Davis from... could have done a little bit better. Um, yeah, but... I mean it. It was going backwards, so it was. Yeah, it was it, difficult for him. He's um, caught it well on the volley, and then Rudd just got to save it. Rudd just he, can't let that go in. He's got two big hands to it and pushed it into the side of the net. Yeah, as a keeper, back. they always tell you to push it away from goal. Yeah, not into the goal. Not into the goal. Yeah, yeah that was a bit of a blow, but. Um, no, it's, it's, I think it's just disappointing times. that yet again we're what what probably without that would have finished nil nil and would have been a decent like on the opening day you'd have taken a decent point I think there yeah, away from take, home you'd take a nil nil there I think on the first day um, 
And again, it just comes down to the keeper yet again. Yeah, I mean, hopefully that's the last time he actually pulls on the shirt. Mm. Uh, Fingers crossed. But yeah, it has cost us again. It's mm. annoying. It's really annoying, actually. And I'm sure Neil will be annoyed that that nothing's been done on that um, in that respect. But well, we'll come on to that stuff later. Yeah. But no, well, I, I think we. we... We kind of looked a little bit lost when Gallagher went off. I know he's, what, 34, he's going to struggle to get through games and he's going to need to be managed this season. But yeah. some of the balls he was spraying about in the first half, especially switching play and taking it out to Barky on the right. Yeah, he had three or four lovely passes, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that happens a lot, you know, when Gallagher goes off. Um, Alan, Brown, Alan Brown drops a bit deeper and he can't really progress the ball, Alan Brown. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so it's all up to Ben Pearson then. Then we didn't really get the ball wide quick enough because uh, they narrowed off a lot. And then obviously it was up to Clark and Hughes to provide the width, which they didn't really do. Yeah. And then they just went man to man with Bowden when he came on and then with Green. So And Stockley were nothing in the air. So it was just a bit of a mess the last 30 minutes. Yeah. Well, there wasn't much structure to the last 30 minutes. Yeah, it was it was it was a really weird end to the game in terms of like from a watching point of well, view. You 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 can't say that we threw the kitchen sink at it, can you? It, it no, just, well that's what I mean. It, they they just seemed so blase. Like they yeah. they could have played on for another half an hour and they'd have never looked like creating anything. Yeah, I think Millwall, to be fair to them, did shut the game down really yeah, well. Yeah, I think you got to credit them. Um, yeah, people again, forget, I, there's, there's two teams, isn't there? People forget yeah, that. I think again going back to the social media meltdown, people are saying we weren't good enough, blah, blah, blah. But credit where it's due to Millwall. They, like you said, they shut the game down. They managed it really well. Uh, and I think Neil Harris said after the game, we never really troubled their keeper at all in the second half. Yeah, and that was a disappointing thing as well because obviously Frankie Fielding went off injured. You'd have thought just a few pot shots from 30 yeah. yards or whatever, just anything. Um, but just... Even when we were sort of 20, 25 yards out, there was a lot of passing around the edge of the box, but mm-hmm. there's no real sort of need or like willingness to get a shot off. So, yeah, yeah it, it was a strange second half, certainly, but obviously Green's just coming. Bowden wasn't risked. You've got Nugent to get back to fitness. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Bayliss and then. Fisher, who will provide a lot more attacking intent than Clark. Yeah, definitely. So, but you got to remember as well, Fisher's missed a good chunk of the preseason. I know people say, well, he got decent minutes toward the end, but yeah, when you got a full season in front of you for one game, it's not worth risking a player, is it? No, obviously not. And to be fair to Neil, I thought before the game I would have started Clark anyway because I thought he'd suit that physicality. Yeah, but, but as it happened. Our fullbacks probably had the most space in the game because of how they set up. But it's just one of those. I think Neil probably looked back now and think he might have got it wrong. Yeah, I suspect he probably will. Um, it's, um, a, it's a 1-0 defeat at a very tough venue, so there's no need to get sort of worked up about it. No. The amount so, of people have seen saying, well, we're going down, we're shit, Neil needs to leave, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I've seen someone that. today, because we've lost 1-0, saying... He wants Neil to go because he doesn't acknowledge the fans and stuff. Yeah, which shout out Deep Dale Digest. He uh, he shut it right down. Shut that right down. Uh, yeah. And to answer the person that tweeted us on Twitter, um, 
saying, what's your point here? I've not replied on Twitter because I can't be asked getting into a Twitter argument, but if we it's need, not we clear need enough... For that. <laughs> yeah, shout out, Dan. Um, yeah. If it's not clear enough what my point is, then I, 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 I don't know what to say. I, I shouldn't have to explain something as simple as that. Yeah. But anyway... And just just one final thing as well. I, I can't see Millwall losing many games there this season. No, they'll be tough to beat. I, think I mean, look, actually, the cup run they went on. Yeah, they've got a good little side there now. They've made some good signings. Um, both centre-backs are absolute giants. Got I was two just going to say, flipping big is Jake Cooper? I think he's 6'7", isn't he? Yeah, I knew he was tall, but there was um, when I was watching the game yesterday, there was a shot where they had a corner, I think. And yeah. it, it panned to um, I don't know if it was Stockley or Alan Brown. Yeah, Mark. no, it was it was Brown, and I thought and I, was like, I thought to myself, I thought to myself, Alan Brown's not small, is he? And just look no. at the size of him. So yeah, yeah, they'll be very hard to beat there, and probably yeah. win, win win a lot of games there as well. So it, there's no um, no embarrassment really in losing there. Just one of them games. No, definitely not. I think. Uh, again, I've seen it on Twitter. I think the, the the positive that you can take from yesterday is that there's still another 40 odd games to go. So, yeah, defeats are going to happen. It's just annoying that it happened on the opening day of the season. But as well, yeah. I think we've won an away, an opening away game for something like since like 2009 or mm. 2011, something like that. So, in fairness, I'd say about seven or eight have been at home, aren't they? Yeah, they have. Yeah, but, but yeah, now see, it's hard to win away on the first yeah. day. Definitely. It, it, it was a it was a tough start. That just need to get a win on the board ASAP. Mm, don't uh, want to end up doing you don't want to sort of go. Losses. You don't want to draw with Wigan and then have to go to Swansea and then then Stoke come and then you might get four or five games and then it gets a bit tense. So, gets gets to the point that we were in last season, which we don't want. Yeah, but Wigan game should be good anyway. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to it. What did they do yesterday, by the way, Wigan? They beat Cardiff, I think, 3-2. Did they? Uh, so be a, that'll be another tough game. But yeah, we should have, obviously, three, four players available for them. And I'm interested yeah. to see how we set up at home, tactically. Yeah, so. well, there's talk, uh, again, we'll come on to him properly in a bit, but Bayless getting some minutes and then they're expected to be involved. So Yeah, there's a game on Tuesday, isn't there? Yeah. Bayless yeah. will play. Probably Green, maybe Bowden, Fisher. Yeah, I think it'll be a lot more attack-minded, definitely. Yeah, you'd hope so, anyway. So I can just hear you've got a bit in your notes about how Millwall only completed 222 passes. Yeah, so um, ta- and ta- sort of tactically about yesterday. Obviously, we set up with Potts. It wasn't 4-2-3-1, it was 4-1-4-1. Galli yeah. was sort of on the left, but yeah. in a pre-roll. Potts and Brown, number 10. Barkey on the right. Exactly the same lineup actually as last season, but Bauer played instead of Story. I um, thought he did quite well. Yeah, it was class to be fair. Bit of a nuisance in the in the opposition yeah, box. Good in both boxes, played yeah. a few nice passes. Um, but yeah, um, in February they played 396 passes. We pressed them to death. They played it short. They played in a little um, two four three one build up. Two centimetres dropping in. Yeah. Uh, and the full-backs pushing on, pressed them to death, got it in behind Murray Wallace into Barkey, and it, we had a lot of joy. So, obviously, Neil was thinking they'd do the same yesterday, um, but they only played 222 passes, so they played half yeah. as many passes yesterday. They turned it to Smith, 
who won a few first, but they won basically every second ball. Yeah. Um, the Thompson, the lad in midfield, the little Ben Pearson lookalike, was very... Yeah. Um, and then just couldn't... sort of. You can't press a team who just throws it forward, so... Well, a, they, they played half bit. the passes that they did compared to last season, so that tells, yeah. tells you pretty much everything you need to know. Yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking Neil Harris was obviously anticipating what happened yeah. uh, in terms of our lineup. So then when they've not had the ball yesterday, they sat deep, they narrowed off. Um, and when they had the ball, the full-backs didn't move. So it was literally a back four. And then, so we had 64% possession yesterday compared to 51% in Feb. Um, and we just couldn't do anything with the ball because of the free attacking midfielders that we had. Uh, very different sort of profiles to what you'd want in a team with two-thirds of possession. So you can say Neil probably got it wrong there. And also the full-backs was the issue as well. Yeah. They were really narrow. Our front three really narrow uh, behind Maguire. So then you're relying on Hughes and Clark, and it didn't really happen. It's not Clark's uh, game, though, that really, is it? No. I mean, in terms of physicality and stuff, yeah. But yeah. You're relying on the full-backs to sort of get crosses in. just didn't happen. Um, and then probably the, we lost the pattern of the game in the last 30. Bowden came on, Stockley, then Green came on. Uh, Brown moved back. It was just a bit of a mismatch. Mm. Um, but now just tactically, you just got it wrong, simply. But that can happen. He's, he's going to get stuff wrong. He's not perfect. That's why he's managing Preston in the Championship. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was it. And we only, if, if you count Pearson as a creative player, which I probably would, in terms of how he passes the ball forward. Yeah. It was literally him and Gally were the only two creative players on the pitch, I'd say. Yeah, no. From, from the start. So, I'd go as far as agreement with that. And like we mentioned before, we lost a little bit of something when Gallagher went off. Yeah. And so Pearson then, sort of reverted back to that sort of ratting around and tackling and breaking up play sort of role. Yeah, and then they went there was a couple. Man. There was a couple of times, weren't there, where they they were looking like they were going to maybe hit us on the counter, if you will, without it being a proper counter-attack. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, I see, I see what you're saying, yeah. Um, I think Neil's reliance on certain players as well, like there's obviously been a few questions raised about Brad Potts. He, mm. he clearly didn't look up to it fitness-wise. No, I was trying to think before... Um, I think was the Newcastle game his first preseason. Mm, no, did he did not? He play? Play was it Fleetwood or, or Fleetwood? Yeah, I, I think, think he's playing less Tackrington. Yeah. Then he, he he did he did a full ninety against Newcastle. Did he? Yeah. Which felt like at the time it felt a bit like Neil was kind of forcing the point a bit. Mm. Um, yeah, I was gonna say it feels like he's barely had any preseason. No, well, he hasn't, has it really? He didn't well, he's he's obviously one of Neil's favourites, so Neil trusts him to do a job, but he was so far off the pace yesterday. Yeah, he was completely ineffective yesterday. Yeah, and to be fair, I thought Brown's been off the pace as well. Brown doesn't look fully there yet. Didn't really affect, wasn't no. his type of game really, didn't really affect the game. And Barky as well. I thought, to be honest, I cut, cut Barky a bit of slack. He, 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 he was probably one of the more him and Maguire, I would say, in the first half, especially with the more bright, the the brighter of the sort of front four. Yeah, you... 
Yeah, definitely. Barky just... doesn't really suit a game where he can't run into space. No, I was just going to say Wallace had the beating of him pretty much every time. Yeah. Wallace, when he's one-on-one, he's quite a good defender. Yeah. So, yeah, but there are options there. It's just, there's no point having the options now if Neil's just got his favourites. Because um, he knows what, that 11 yesterday is one that he's gone back to quite a few times. Yeah. Obviously without Bauer. But that sort of 4-1-4-1 pressing is sort of his go-to system, really. Maybe it's um, him make, trying to make a point with the, with the players know. he's got and saying, look, I want these different players in. Uh, you just uh, don't know, do you? No, I'm going to mention Bayless, Bowden, Green and Harrop. They're sort of four different profiles. Yeah. And then obviously Fisher, and then if you bring Max Lowe in, that's another different profile. So you're looking at two split squads, really, in terms of pressing or in terms of breaking teams down. But you just yeah. got to hope that Neil doesn't just stick to the pressing side of it. But we'll see anyway when we get into the home games against um, teams who are going to come and sit in. You'll see more then. Yeah. Um, but as, as a more general point as well, I'd just say that we are so we're so narrow. It's crazy. Especially um, with the three in behind. Yeah, that's what I mean. So you need Max Lowe would be a big signing, and then Fisher on the other side. Yeah. Which is probably well, Fisher's why shown what he can do getting up and down. Yeah. Um, Fisher's underrated carrying the ball forward. I think. Yeah, if it, Fisher's an odd one. Like when you when you compare him to Potts, who who probably had a similar amount of minutes. Over pre-season, yeah. And, I mean, you don't know what was going on in Neil's head. He might have thought, like you mentioned, that maybe he felt Clark was better suited to the physical side of it with them having a big lump. Mm. Um, who they were likely to just go route one to, which they did more often than not. Yeah. Um, maybe he felt that Clark was more suited to that as opposed to Fisher. But Fisher's shown in the past one-on-one, he's good. Um, which you could argue that if he was there instead of Mahoney, uh, instead of Clark, Mahoney wouldn't have got that ball off. And yeah, it's all lifts and butts, isn't it? But he just if 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 it wasn't a tactical decision, then you have to question why he's felt Potts was fit enough and Fisher wasn't. Yeah, but I, I thought Fisher might. I thought Fisher might get on for the last thirty. Yeah, um, but no, it just didn't happen. But I'd, well, I suppose we'd hope. we never really know, will we? Yeah, you'd hope that he gets minutes on Tuesday and then he's ready to sort of come in on the weekend. I, I would imagine he will. So would I. So we'll just have to see with that one. But yeah, just one of them. Yeah, I think going up the other end of the pitch then, um, there's been a lot of questions asked about Sean Maguire. Um, yeah. And whether he's up to playing up front on his own. Um, yeah, I don't really. I don't know where this has really come from. I'm a bit confused. About yeah. Why this has come about, really? Um, I'm not going to go back into tactics again, but well, I'm a bit. But yesterday, <laughs> playing the long balls up, he wasn't meant to win them headers. Like we were meant to win the second balls. Yeah. Uh, that's just a way of getting up the pitch against. That's why you have the runners in and around him. Yeah. Um, but we just didn't win the second balls, but. In terms of Maguire, I, the one thing I'd say is I think he has lost maybe 
five percent of what he had. Yeah, you can um, you can you can see there's I don't think there's any question that I mean whether he's lost it or whether he's choosing not to play that way anymore because of his hamstrings. Mm. Um, yeah, but he, 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 like you said, he does seem to have lost a little bit of his his get up and go and his his quick. Uh, I, 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 I'm not sure how I dis- I think it's not his pace. It's like his. His drive. Sharpness, he, he was sharpness, maybe. Or... Yeah. I mean, he's he's played it, well in was, preseason. Yeah. Like, I love I love Maguire. I do love him. Yeah. I, I don't have a problem with him playing up front at all. I think he's good up front. He's good off the left. Um, but if you play it as you did yesterday with three runners, you're not going to get the best out of Maguire. No. Uh, the one thing I'd say is as well that. Do you remember in the first half he beat he uh, dispossessed Romeo. Yeah. Uh, he beat him. He got into the box and then Romeo got back. But eighteen months ago, I think Maguire would have taken the shot on a couple of seconds. Yeah. Later. He, he looked he looked to keep hold of the ball a bit too long. I think there yeah. was a pass on, or he could have he could have got a shot away as well. Uh, there was a pass on to Pat, so he could have had a shot. But that might just be sharpness in, in his mind as much as anything. Maybe it's frustration as well. Maybe I don't know, but I don't have a problem with Maguire up front. No, um, I don't. Um, and and, I don't. and I, I, what the other thing that I'm not particularly keen on because I've never really seen anything to point towards it working is people saying play Stockley alongside him or play Stockley in the central role and Maguire off to the left. It worked well with Hugo, but Hugo was a, is a completely different player to Stockley. Yeah. Um, I don't really understand the association between Stockley and Hugo. No, they're massive. Um, they are very different footballers. Um, I think... Uh, what I'd say is about Hugo, he bought the best out of Maguire because he created so much space for Maguire. Yeah, Stockley, exactly. Stockley doesn't create space, really. He, he sort of... I wouldn't even call him a target man. He's a big player, but he's, he's just a penalty box striker for me. Yeah, he's he's good uh, with his little flick-ons and he's got he's good with his tidy little yeah. finishes and his headed yeah. finishes and all that sort of stuff. The uh, the first goal he scored for us was against QPR being a prime example. Yeah, love that finish, snapshot man. finish. Whoever it was was pressing the QPR defender, forced him into a mistake. Ball yeah. fell to Stockley, first time finish, goal. Yeah, uh, and when he came on yesterday, he didn't really win anything in the. He air. didn't affect the game at all yesterday, but no. people still clamour for him to be played up front. And I... don't get me wrong, I think he's, I think he's going to be a decent option. Yeah, he's a useful player to have. But you need if the thing is, there's a difference between being direct and sort of chucking it from fifty yards out, or getting in quality crosses. You might as well play him if you're going to get quality crosses into the box. You'll play him. But he's not going to be sort of a Hugo who can bully defenders, really. Yeah, run into the channels, um, take a defender with him, create a bit of space. Yeah. And another thing I'd say is also about uh, Maguire up front. In terms of um, Bayliss, I think that'll sort of help Maguire. Yeah. His, little, his sharp movements on the blind side of the centre-backs. Yeah. In terms of ball carrying and then running off the line, I think... That could be something to look out for. I have a feeling that this season's partly going to be quite an evolutionary one in terms of how Neil goes around setting up for diff- a bit like um, last season, if you will, when you could see that at a point he had like a clear away team and a clear home team. Yeah. 
yeah. and he would change it around based on the opponent. I think with these new players that are coming in, it's going to be much the same. And I think Neil's probably at the minute feeling like he's got little to no option in terms of how he sets up and how he uses mm. certain players. Uh, yeah. In the piece that I wrote last week, um, I wrote that, about... That really, really good one. Yeah, the amazing one that everyone should read. Um, what was what it was called? It, what was it called? The Chance, chance of a chance Lifetime. Of a lifetime yeah. Very Which emotive. I still agree with, completely agree with. Obviously, yeah. I'm going to be biased, but... It is. Um, there's a lot yeah. of people, like just so much negativity that oh, we're not going to be anywhere near the top six, blah, blah, blah. The exact yeah. same team, pretty much, bar Bauer, mm. took us to joint sixth with Aston Villa in March. Yeah, what I'd say about that piece um, is what you've just said there about tactical flexibility. Yeah. So you've probably got four or five systems that he's going to be comfortable with. Bayless adds just another option in there. Bowden. Harrop, Green, and then obviously you're looking for Max Lowe uh, as a, as a providing the whip if he comes yeah. in. So there's a lot of flexibility there, and Maguire fits into that. So Maguire can probably play off the left, or he can play up front with different profiles behind him. Mm. So no, and then that that leads us on to the formations that that we were talking about. Uh, yeah, uh, and, and to that, be honest, that sort of links in. I don't I don't really see a problem with. Uh, like well, like you've got in your notes, we we tend to switch between four one four one or four two three one depending on who we're playing. Um, and people saying oh, it doesn't work or playing one up top is negative or it's boring or whatever. Yeah, people say. Um, I, I, personally, I don't have a shock. Uh, a shock. I don't have a problem with it. There was plenty of times last season where we played that way. Um, we were more than good enough in games, won various games, Millwall away last season being a prime example and mm. shock. Imagine that Maguire was playing up front on his own and scored. Yeah, Gallagher played a ball through to Maguire that would, from what I've seen of Bayless in the highlights and things like that from his time at Coventry, that yeah. it looks like that's the kind of thing that he's going to come in and provide as well. He's always... Yeah, that's what I was... That's what I sort of... Back. Yeah, hinting towards that that could be a good um, partnership um, mm. from from deep. But the main difference between the four one four one and the four two three one is basically Gallagher, Gallagher's role. Yeah. So we'll play with sort of one natural winger in Barkey, and then Gallagher will just be tucked off in like a free role. Yeah. To just create the, the extra man in midfield, but um, <clears throat> yeah, Galley Galley is sort of the key to. How we set up, we sort of set up to accommodate Galley quite a lot. Um, but going back to the one up front, ninety percent of the teams in the league play one up front. Mm. Uh, Brentford play one up front, probably going to score eighty goals this season. Leeds play one up front. Derby, today. yeah, Derby play one up front. Norwich play one up front last season. So it's nothing to do with. People seem to associate the more strikers you play the more goals you're going to score. But well, obviously, just does not work like that. For me, it's more of an issue of the three behind a striker. Um, and that will change, obviously, depending on the opposition. Yeah. And if, and if home or away. So it just goes back to Neil being tactically creative and flexible, which he is, and it's good to watch. So, yeah, plenty of flexibility, plenty of different profiles. Mm-hmm. And Maguire up front is is good for me. 
Yeah, I don't have a problem with so, it. Better than putting Louis Malt up there. No offense, yeah. Bad, but yes, yeah. he's, <clears throat> he's just not up to it. And like we said, Stockley's a good option to have. Um, Nugent is probably going to be one that for. I don't know, he might start the odd game here and there, but I suspect he'll largely be used for coming on for the last 10, 15 minutes of a game, mm. trying to stretch the defence a little bit. Yeah, and that, one more thing I'd say as well is I can't see him getting on the bench. Like it's, At the minute. Bad. Yeah, because Harrop didn't get on the bench yesterday. Ledson obviously was banned. Ginelli, Nugent. Uh, I think there's no question at the minute that Nugent's clearly not up to speed in terms of match fitness. Yeah, um, even when he's fit, I don't see... Obviously, we're bringing up a striker in as well. Yeah. It's just hard to see him sort of affecting things, but we'll just mm. have to see. Um, so, I don't know. We'll just, have, we'll just have to see with that, but... Yeah. Good options, though. Good options. And it's not exactly a bad more. position for the manager to be in, really, is it? No. Um, so obviously, got Bayless as well to come in into the squad. Um, who I honestly, I think people have mentioned it a fair bit already, but I honestly wouldn't be surprised to see Harrop go on loan somewhere just to get minutes, maybe on a six month until the new year. Mm. Um, the only thing with that is if there's injuries, I don't think you can recall them outside of a transfer window, can you? No, you can't. You can't. If we end up with a few injuries in the top end, up the top end of the pitch, then yeah, personally, I'd keep Harrop. Um... Yeah, so would I. It's, it's, just, it's one of them that it wouldn't surprise me if it happened. He's our only true number 10, though. I know Potts and Brown play there, but they're, no, they're not the more number 8s, advanced number 8s. Yeah, they're not really so, the creative type of player that Harrop no. is. This this divides opinion a lot, Harrop, um, but I'd definitely keep him. And he's a good option for me at home. He's, he's missed a year with an ACL, so I don't know... What Why? people expect from him. Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty much. So, well, his, his he's first a good season here was stop-start, I think you could say. Um, but it was yeah. his first full season in professional football. And then yeah. and he's had a season out. He's had a full season out injured. So, people yeah. are judging off not a few pre-season games against like Chorley and whatnot and saying, oh, he's not up to it. But... He's just spent the last 12 months not playing football. He needs to get match fitness. He needs to get back up to it. Yeah. How else is he going to do it other than playing? Exactly. So, the the one thing I'd say is, obviously, um, it goes back to this thing again. Neil trusts Brad Potts and he trusts Alan Brown. Yeah. So, it's hard to ever envisage Harrop starting ahead of either of those. Mm. Um so I don't know. It it's a weird one again. Yeah, uh, you got to remember as well though. Harrop was brought in before Neil came here, so mm. might not actually fancy him that much. But maybe not. Maybe not. He obviously sees a lot more than we see in training and stuff. Yeah, obviously. Um, but no, you mentioned alone. If if Bayliss was a number ten, then I'd say Harrop should go on loan. But Bayliss is going to play as a number six. Yeah. Um. So for me, I'd keep Harrop, probably keep Janelli as well, as things stand. Just but again, I, as, as an option. It's yeah, just not as the an best option. Thing to keep him as an option. Yeah, but I'm not sure if that will benefit him. Uh, so that's that's a bit of a tricky one. Yeah. Might might depend who we bring in. If we bring in a number nine, 
uh, then obviously that won't affect him. But if we bring in someone who can play wide as well, then he might end up going. But um, it's just have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah, obviously four days left now. I, I was think. just going to say what we are now. Four days to go. Yeah. Five o'clock on Friday, uh, Thursday. Thursday, yeah, Thursday, five o'clock. Going to be um, busy few days, I suspect. Peter is yeah. going to be uh, travelling the country. Yeah, he already has been. To be fair, I think he's been in London over yeah. the weekend. Oh, obviously he was in. Oh, um, he was in London actually before the weekend. So yeah, Thursday, I remember him mentioning something. Yeah. Um. So deals to be done, obviously. Well, yeah. Let's hope they can get done. Um, well, before we come on to all that, we'll have a, a quick little break. Right, going to go and make a brew. Yeah, so. I'll go and get a, a nice little cup of coffee. Sounds cool. Right, nice one. Nice one. Welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. Thanks for staying with us. So we've obviously just mentioned the signing of Tom Bayliss, which I believe might be a club record fee eventually, or it might not be. But we're going to speak a little bit about what to expect from him, and then we'll finish off with a bit of transfer talk. So, Jake, Tom Bayliss came in on Thursday, I think, or was it Friday? Uh, Friday, Friday? Officially Friday, but I think the deal was as good as done on Thursday, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, Neil's pretty much said the same himself when asked why he wasn't involved yesterday. He said he was at the club pretty much all night, well, late on on Thursday, getting everything sorted. Yeah. Um, and um, then obviously he trained Friday morning, didn't he? Yeah, to be fair, on Twitter, I think this was received more by sort of championship or EFL accounts rather than PE accounts. Yeah, I think the the and accounts I reckon have seen the stuff from the like the stats boys, if you will. Uh, yeah. And and sort of gotten buzzed from that, if you. Yeah, if I think. I can't remember what what day. I might have mentioned it Wednesday to you. Yeah, well, we recorded the uh, pod on Wednesday, didn't we? Yeah, and you uh, hadn't really heard of him, but nope. you you knew how excited I was about this. And I said I said it in the group chat to you and Dan. I said if you because Dan's been quite buzzing about it as well I think he's mentioned yeah. to you in the past that he'd like us to bring him in yeah uh, but I said to both of you that uh, I'll quite happily admit I knew next to nothing about him mm. but if you two are happy with him then take your judgment take yeah. your backing and I'd even go as far to say yeah go as far to say probably the biggest signing of probably since we signed Nugent in terms of the first time Nugent by the way not not last week because that yeah, was yeah. Um, yeah in terms of sort of being a genuine massive signing for a club. Yeah. Because me and Dan have spoke about it probably a year ago, and I thought there was no chance. Um, well, you said in the group chat, didn't you, that you, you expected him probably to go to maybe a top-end championship club or a Premier League side. Yeah, because I think Sheffield United were interested. Derby, Villa. Um, Borough. Borough were interesting, I think. So... We've probably beat three or four teams, but I think it's a sensible move. Yeah. Um, he's pretty much guaranteed game time here. He's guaranteed to play pretty much 
30 games, I'd say, this season. Uh, and if, he knows if he does well that we'll sell him to a Premier League team. Well, he only needs to look at oh. Callum Robinson as the latest example. Precisely. Which is sort of a good thing for attracting these kind of players. Yeah, I mean, I, I've some people, again, will go back to, oh, well, we're a selling club, we'll never show any ambition. But to be honest, I, I've not really got that much of a problem. No. As long as when we sell our better players, we go out and adequately replace them, which yeah. I know Bayless isn't an out-and-out Callum Robinson replacement, but you know he's, he's another youngster that's coming into the squad that has the potential to be massive. Yeah, I mean, I was speaking to someone on Twitter and he said um, you could potentially sell him for sort of eight times what we signed him for. Yeah, I saw that. In the next couple of years. Um, Which, if he was a club record fee at, say, 2 million quid. You're talking 15, 15 million, 16 million. It's not a bad return. No. And and I've also seen people say Hemmings has only signed him because of the potential sort of fee that he could receive in a couple of years. But that's a very strange thing to sort of accuse Hemmings of doing if you know what I mean people want us to sign big players so we've signed a big talent and then they're saying he's only signed him because he's going to make money out of him so can't really win but well, I mean on one hand you can you can understand that because Hemmings is a businessman um, but it, that's almost like saying Hemmings has just completely gone against what Alex Neal wants mm. and gone this kid's got a bit of potential so I'm going to sign him I don't care if the manager wants him which clearly won't have happened yeah so there's a lot of parallels between sort of James Madison's move from Cov to Norwich. Yeah. And guess who signed him for Norwich? Um, is it uh, uh, an egg who is now in charge of Preston North End? Yeah, exactly. So it bodes well, doesn't it? Yeah, you'd like to think uh, so. And then obviously just, Norwich sold him to Leicester for what, 20 million? I think it was 25, yeah. So, you know, oh. if we... We find ourselves in that position a couple of years down the line. Yeah, uh, that's how high I rate him, to be fair. I think. Well, I think I've seen on Twitter some Cov fans saying that he's. Some saying he's their best since Madison, and others mm. saying he's better than Madison uh, was when he was at yeah. that sort of level. Um, yeah. so, plays a bit, plays a bit deeper, so. Tell you what, he's a fucking big lad, isn't he? Yeah, he's a good, he's a good physical profile, which I is must quite... be what six one, six two. Maybe around six one. Very elegant though the way he glides with the ball. Yeah. He's gonna play from deep, so he'll be a number six. He'll um someone asked me on Twitter as well, will he be Galley's successor? And I think the answer is yes, pretty much. It which uh, is is it's a funny one because it's been a topic of conversation for probably I'd say at least two seasons now. People well, say I think we might have mentioned it last week. A lot of people have mentioned Harrop, but Harrop is far not. too final third. Yeah, he's not that type uh, of player. I think Bayliss, just looking at his stats, um, top 10% of centre-mids in League One. So he was in the top 10% for three balls, smart passes and successful dribbles last season. What are smart passes? Um, so I don't know the exact definition, but it's like a pass through two or more, breaking two or more opposition lines, I think. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, so like a forward pass between two or more defenders, yeah, which are which are actually quite hard to pull off. 
Um, and then he was top 20 for passes into the box, three ball pass completion and deep completions. So you're basically signing a, a 20-year-old who's very good physically, who's a very gifted progressor with passing and with dribbling. And you normally get one or the other. Yeah, but it seems so to, to get both the majority of them boxes. So dynamic to be able to dribble and to pass at, at a good level. Yeah. Um, and his ceiling's incredibly high. So I wish there was a bit more. I think there was a bit, to be fair, of excitement, but I'm genuinely so excited about this. Yeah, like I said, I think, I think that excitement was um, people jumping on the back of what other people were saying, like the, the big stats accounts yeah. and the big EFL accounts on Twitter, like the NTT 20 boys or Gab Sutton yeah. or Blades Analytic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then that uh, Rames. Rames. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was speaking to him about him as well um, and only got good things to say about him. So it's genuine creativity from central midfield, which we don't really have. So well, Gally's, Gally's, Gallagher, and then you could see again when he went off on Saturday yeah, we were lacking. It's a different sort of creativity, though. It's more Gally's... Uh, like, yeah, no, I know, but it's what I'm saying is it's good to have someone else that can come on yeah. and hide that. Yeah, he's going to be more direct as well. So he can... Obviously, against deep blocks, we don't have someone to dribble because DJ, he can run forward, but he sort of moves side to side and distributes wide. Yeah. So does Gally. You know, he passes through lines, but um, and so does Ben Davis. They're both on the stats in terms of championship uh, progressive passing. Gally and Davis are both very high, but they don't dribble. Whereas Bailey's now going to dribble through lines. Mm. He's going to disorganise um, compact position. blocks. So if you if you add that to your game, see dribbling, and then you, um, you've got players who can take long shots. Bowden will take a few. Harrop likes a long shot. Brown is at yeah. mine. Potts as well. Potts will have a shot. Obviously, Galley. So then you're looking at two or three, four ways of breaking down deep blocks rather than just relying on someone like Callum Robinson last season. Yeah. So it's a it's a class signing for me. This. Yeah, no, I'm 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 excited. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can bring. Um, and he's only 20 as well, which is mad. Yeah, if he can have a a good. 18 months, two years with us. Um, you know, this time in two years' time, we, we mm. could be sitting here on the back of a club record fee for uh, in terms of like what we receive for a player. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I mentioned before, I think it will bring out the best in Maguire, hopefully. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, Maguire's shown, hasn't he, that he's got the ability to run off the shoulder and... Mm. If he's if he's got the service for that, then yeah, I don't see any reason why it won't be a good link up. Yeah, so that's so that's probably gonna improve the whole sort of attacking lineup. Yeah, just by bringing in one player it takes a bit of the pressure off Alan Brown as well. Yeah. <coughs> so, nah, buzzing, buzzing with it, and came out of nowhere. To be fair, I only heard about it. I think you messaged midweek. me Tuesday morning. Was it Tuesday? Yeah. Monday night, Tuesday morning. So it came out of the blue. So I'm still shocked that we've got it done. But there, there we go. Here we are. I think again, it it says something about the manager, though. Um, mm. You know, if if the clubs that were rumoured to be interested in him were actually interested in him, so like, like the likes of Borough, Derby, Villa, um, then 
I see no reason why people would be bad-mouthing the manager if he's managed to go out and convince a player mm. who's that highly thought of in the Football League to yeah. come and like, He's not going to come and play for a manager he doesn't rate. Exactly. And you look at Andre Green as well, uh, what he said yeah. when he signed. Literally every single player we've signed has referenced the manager, basically, mm. as being the key. Even like experienced pros as well, like Gally, um, has mentioned at points through last season that the you know even in his long career the manager is one of the best he's worked with. He's so thorough in terms of his um, work that he does on the opposition. Obviously, mm. like we said before, he's going to get it wrong from time to time. He's not perfect, but I think all you've got to do experienced pros like yeah. that coming out and speaking highly of him says everything you need to know. All you've got to do is look at the players that he's coached and look, compare them to when he came in. So Ben Davis, Ben Pearson, Alan Brown, Hugo, Robinson, Robinson uh, even Fisher's improved. I'd say Hughes has improved. Hughes is probably... Um, so he's improved pretty much every player. Story. Yeah. So, yeah. Jamie can't do it with the keepers. Yeah, it, it's, a weird, it's a weird one with the keepers, but when, you, when you've got a manager like that, that's a massive part of why we can sign yeah. players like that. And maybe um, if Max Lowe comes in, I'm sure he'll say something similar. Yeah, I think if he... Well, in fact, we'll come on to that in a bit. I'll leave it for now. But, yeah, I think people giving, giving the manager stick are a little bit short-sighted. Very. And again, well, considering we've lost one game of the season and there's like... 40 odd to go it's mm. just yeah never mind not going to it again but hey ho um, right should we just have a have a chat about some transfer business yeah let's finish off with the fans favourite transfer yeah. business everyone loves a bit of transfers yeah, um, so obviously Joshua left on Saturday morning literally oh no Saturday afternoon Saturday afternoon it was a weird yeah. one because we'd announced our starting 11 obviously yeah. Bolton announced theirs <laughs> Yeah. I think we tweeted saying like what's going on here. Some and then within two minutes the club tweeted Josh Earl has gone on loan. Yeah, that that's the first announcement I've seen when you announce a player by naming them in the starting lineup, which yeah. is quite quite a different way of doing things. Uh, and also as a little aside, about ten minutes before the lineups, it was it uh, came on Twitter that Brentford had made a bid for Max, Max Lowe. So the actual timing of Earl going out is a bit suspect. Um, yeah, it seems a bit thought, short-sighted. I personally would have thought that we would have brought a left-back in first. And then let him go. Then let him go, because you can loan him out until the end of August. Yeah, I mean, from Earl's point of view, obviously it's good that he's been given the opportunity to go out on loan and get some minutes, but then uh, I think it's safe to say things didn't go after the start that I think probably he and the club would have hoped for. Um, Understatement. If I mean I've not actually seen any highlights. Well, I have, but I won't. They've literally yeah. second highlights of the two Wickham goals. But people were saying online that he started up front, which considering yeah, we all that to get experience as a left back is an odd no, one. No, I saw that, but he was replaced by another left back when he came off. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where yeah. that sort of came from, but obviously uh, <coughs> came off because. I don't know the details, but I think it was ankle ligaments or something. 
Yeah, it doesn't sound particularly good. Um, maybe a ruptured Achilles or something similar. Um, yeah. Let's, so, for his sake, hope it's not that bad uh, and he can get back playing pretty soon. But Yeah, literally the worst start you could imagine. Um, which for, for a lad of his age and his potential. Just needs to play games, doesn't he? Yeah, he just needs a consistent run. Um, and, I, and I think dropping down a level is probably good as well. Um, yeah. I mean, the the actual Bolton move was a bit weird just because of the whole situation around Bolton, but so just just to play games in League One, because you know if he's going there, he's going to play every week. Yeah. Yeah, just to it, play the, games like, at that the level. Bolton one is a bit weird considering that Tranmere were one of the other clubs supposed to be in for him. Um, mm. I mean, all right, it's probably a bit further than Bolton to travel to from Preston, but like you said, considering what's going on at Bolton and the uncertainty around the takeover, the club, the players being paid, although I'm led to believe we're paying all of his wages, I think it'd be a yeah. bit remiss of us to expect Bolton to pay him anything. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, but the actual... Um, it shows a bit of ambition from the club to want to loan him out and bring someone in. Yeah. So develop him as well. Develop two players at once. So yeah, nothing wrong with developing your own talent. Yeah, and I think it's clear that he was probably needed just to play. Um, yeah, I think that's all it was. So, it didn't help him being in and outside last year. Nah, so just a full season would have been ideal. Obviously, no idea how long he's out for, but if he can even just play sort of twenty, thirty games as many. Well, I as think possible. if it is a ruptured Achilles, I'd I'd be surprised if he plays this season. I don't think it is an Achilles. I think it's ligaments. Is that a different thing? Mm, if it's ankle ligaments, that's pretty much your Achilles, I think. Is it? Oh, yeah, I, I could could be wrong. I'm no. Um, well, I'm sure we'll have a few medics listening, so just let us know. Yeah. But yeah, we'll just have to wait and see with that. But yeah, obviously. So that was one outgoing. There's um, probably going to be a few more in the next four days. Um, yeah. I think there's been. We've mentioned it on here before. There's. Talk of um, jo- uh, not Josh Hill, uh, Louis Malt going out. Mm. Yeah, there's I mean, you expect poss- him to. Yeah, there's supposed interest from Salford. Um, I think I saw something on the forum earlier today that his agent is happy with the Salford move. And again, I could be completely wrong with this. I'm going off memory, but is maybe perhaps holding out for. A deal at a higher level. Yeah, I mean, I said on the pod uh, last Thursday, I said that I'd be surprised if he went to League Two because I, f- I think he can play in League One, but yeah, I think he's a it's, bit pro- he's probably is better than League Two to be fair. Yeah, but I don't know if he's going to Salford because they won three 0 yesterday. They look like they've got a good squad. Yeah, I watched um, them in the game. All right. Yeah, it was on Sky, weren't it? Yeah, so. That wouldn't be a bad move for him, but it, I think he'll get it done either way. I don't think he'll be a Preston player uh, no. come the end of August. But it might depend it might depend on bringing a striker in, but it might not do. Uh, obviously, the it looked like Fraser Campbell was as good as done in, in, in the building, pretty much. And I'd won that. Um, like you said, it, it seemed like he was pretty much done and dusted and then it just seems to have gone completely quiet yeah it's weird because he's not been linked with anyone else so nah. so 
Maybe. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's holding out for a better deal from mm. another club last minute. Um, you just you don't know. Yeah. So that's an, and I think because he's a free agent, though we can that can we can still on. sign him outside of the window, can't we? <laughs> yeah, I think that can drag on for a bit. So that might drag on. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's maybe holding out for an offer from um, from abroad, maybe like Turkey or somewhere like that. Do you think? Possibly, it wouldn't surprise me. I, don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know anything. Um, but there's, there's, if if he's if he's about money, then mm. there's potentially some money to be made. I mean, Jay Bothroyd's still playing in Jap- Japan. I don't know why is I'm it, saying is Japan. It, it's, <laughs> it's Indonesia, isn't it? He's playing somewhere, and is obviously, it, I think he's in uh, Indonesia or something. Yeah. Um. So obviously, there's still money to be made. Uh, it's Japan. He plays for. Is it? <laughs> I'm assuming the J1 league is the Japanese J- league. Japanese, yeah, I think it is. He plays for Hokkaido Consadole Sapporo. So if there's any Japanese people listening or fans of that club, I apologise if I got it wrong. Yeah, that was very bad. Um... <laughs> but yeah, no. that point in case, you know, there's obviously still some money to be made for players that yeah. are still able to play abroad. So perhaps he's holding out for an offer. From elsewhere, yeah, just don't know. I think more likely is that he's waiting for another offer from a championship club. Yeah, probably. Um, but no, you'd have thought if that was going to get done, it would have been done now. Yeah, again, you'd think Neil would have so, won. And, and then obviously you're running out of options. Uh, the has gone to Wolfsburg Good move yesterday. Great move for him. Um, people, all those people saying they wouldn't want him back and he's shit and he wouldn't do anything for us. Mm. You don't get a move to Wolfsburg if you're pants. No, great move for him. Um, so he's gone. There's pretty much no one else apart from Narky Wells. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds uh, like the summer of 2018 all over again. Yeah, obviously I think there was interest and I think he wanted to come last summer. Yeah. Uh, still at Burnley. We linked with him consistently, weren't we, last season? I think we were even linked with him in January at one point. Yeah, I mean, I think is again. Is uh, sorry, five... January before. Yeah, twenty eighteen. Um, oh, twenty seventeen. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, twenty eighteen. Either, either way, whoever's listening knows what I'm on about. Yeah. Um. Again, Ooh. it's the type of profile that Neil probably wants. Like, he's had a good six, seven years at this level. Mhm. He knows he's not too old. He knows where the net is, etc., etc. Um. So maybe that's one to. Look out for because he's never going to play for Burnley. No, I think. Well, I think that's the other key thing as well. He's he's at Burnley, so it's not like he's a million miles away. Mm. Um, you know, yeah. he, he's he's obviously spent majority of his time at Huddersfield. So if he's settled in sort of like the north of England, then you'd you'd like to yeah. think it's probably at least it's at least an option. Mm. Apparently, he wanted to come last summer as well, um, and then he obviously went ended up at QPR. Uh, might have scored seven or eight goals. Didn't set the world alight at QPR. No, I think but, you think he got was it thirteen goal contributions at QPR yeah, season seven goals, seven goals six assists. Six assists, yeah. Which is, I mean, I'd take him over the likes of Louis Malt and Nugent, obviously, but it's you you're being linked with Hugo and then Fraser Campbell and then you're going to Narky Wells. So it's a, you, it's a clear progression, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, when you're being linked with Hugo, you're being linked with an absolute animal. Um, and then Campbell's got a bit, bit less about him physically. And then Narky Wells is pretty much 
got nothing about him physically. Mm. So it would be a sort of a departure from what I thought Neil was looking for. But again, it's just running out of options. Um, yeah, I hate to say it, but it, it's starting to feel, especially with the forwards, like we're starting to scrape the barrel a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know what Neil wants, but it going going all the way back to last summer, Kiefer Moore um, was linked. Physical profile, mobile, strong, tall. Yeah. It can move. Same as Hugo. And then bolt at the two million pound. Uh, I actually heard that something different happened to that. But oh. it's well, we'll not go into that then. Well, apparently Barnsley just. Um, we uh, I think we had a bid sort of agreed, and then they just doubled it overnight. Apparently, yeah, I think that's yeah. what it, it was. Didn't we have like a million, million and a half agreed, and then they just yeah. So I can understand why. Yeah, but he's off to Wigan anyway, so he might play on Deepdale on Saturday. Yeah, um, four million pound he's going for now, which sort of shows why it's so tough. Uh, and then obviously again last summer, Ivan Tony. Rejected us apparently, uh, yeah, but Peter, yeah, similar profile again, mobile, quick, strong, tall. So you're going from that, and then you go into Narky Wells. He's probably five foot ten, no real pace, no no real mobility, mm-hmm. but a very good finisher. So probably similar to Nugent. Uh, maybe, maybe. But yeah. yeah, I think the, there's two key areas for me that absolutely have to be addressed this week, and that's the the striker that we've been crying out for all summer, and obviously the goalkeeper. Goalkeeper's massive. Uh, yeah, I, I think if it, we only bring one more player in before the end of the window, uh, yeah. I think it has to be a keeper. Yeah, 100%. I said it again last week on the pod. You can just forget about top six if you don't sign a keeper. And things yeah. like yesterday are just why. It, it just happens too much, far yeah. too much. It's not even every every couple of months. It's literally on a weekly basis. Right. It's just, it's so poor. And then he flaps at a corner yesterday, landed in the six-yard box. I think Pearson just got there, but it's just... Early on in the game as well, there was, um, mm. I don't know if it was a cross that was played in, and um, Clark left it for him. And he mm. never came for it. And uh, Clark, I mean, Clark gave him a mouthful. Yeah, thought. there was no one around him. So if he'd have had a shout, Clark could have brought it around and moved it back up the pitch. But he ended up putting it out for a corner. Yeah. Um, and turned around and just gave Deck a, a gobful. Yeah. And rightly so, because he, yeah. he, 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 he half moved for it and then just stopped. Mm. And I just don't understand how a defence can feel confident knowing yeah. that a keeper like that is behind a um, I mean, I think one thing that's not spoken about uh, from that Newcastle goal is there's all the people defending him and saying it was a wicked free kick and all this. But one in one of the videos that I saw, I think it's either Alan Brown or Ben Davis, mm. turns around and again just gives him a gobful of abuse. Yeah. He just has no sort of presence about not it. Not at all. So, yeah, obviously, I don't know... Um... We've been linked with Fraser Forster, but you'd sort of think that was more in hope. Yeah, I think that's a big if. We, uh, if we if we can get him in, then I think, in my opinion, it's a, it's a statement from the club and the owner. Yeah. Um, 
but I'd, it's a big if at the moment. I can't yeah. see it happening. Um, and then there's also Joe Hart again might crop up again. I, do you know what? I won't be surprised if that ends up happening toward the end of the window. Yeah, they, Burnley have just signed their Peacock Farrow from Leeds. They've got yeah. a Burnley fan at work is, is of the opinion that Pope's going to be the number one over the next few years. I think they said he's just signed a new five-year deal. So, and yeah. obviously with Heaton going out and Pope signing that, it tells you everything you need to know. Sign a young up-and-coming Republic of Ireland, uh, sorry, Northern Ireland international goalkeeper. Mm. You, you you fail to see where Hart's going to get in, and someone at his age, he's gonna. You'd like to think he's going to want to play. So I wouldn't be surprised if. Yeah, if, so if it doesn't happen, then I'd be I'd be surprised if we've not inquired about him again. Probably have probably inquired about every keeper under the sun. Probably. Um, and then obviously you got the likes of just the under twenty three keepers, really. Yeah, well, one of them was Freddie Woodman, who has gone to Swansea. Yeah. So. And then there's the ones that we've mentioned in the past. They're Dahlberg at Watford. Um, yeah. Mark Travers is it at Bournemouth. Yeah. So you'd like to think there's maybe a couple of options out there still, but if the worst comes to it, I think we'll end up signing one of them just and take a gamble. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's probably pretty clear to Declan that he's not wanted at the club. Yeah, and then obviously you'll probably have to move him out on loan. Well, the fact that the club would be willing to move him out on loan when it's the last year of his contract and lose him on a free at the end of the season because I can't see him. If he goes out on loan, I can't see him signing. No, no way. He'll it, uh, be like Maxwell. If he goes out on loan, that'll be goodbye. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But argue a waste of nearly a million quid. Yeah, pretty much. So that's just something that needs to get sorted. And then the <laughs> left-back left-back situation which you've mentioned yeah it's, um, it's a saga now isn't it uh, a little bit but through no fault know. of our own I would say well I don't know because obviously I don't know the yeah, going don't, on, know. But don't know the details but <clears throat> like you said to me yesterday you'd, you'd think Brentford wouldn't just have a pot shot of a bid you know mm. you'd like if you're a Brentford fan you'd like to think that they'd have had some assurances that they can get the deal done yeah you don't bid you don't bid for a player if you're wasting your time no nah. So not I unless, know. and I massively doubt this, but not unless there's someone that works at Derby who's friends with someone at Brentford who said put a bid in to try and get Preston to up their asking price. I, I, that probably will not have happened at all. No, that's no, I don't think so. But they've been linked with that um, Max Clark today, I think. Who is yeah, yeah, at Vitesse. Yeah, he plays in Holland. So that's a, that's um, maybe they've moved on. I don't know actually what's happened there, but um, I'm still surprised anyway that Derby are letting him go, Max Lowe. Yeah, isn't he in England number twenty international as well? Yeah, he's he's got by far their highest ceiling for a left back. They got Malone, who's a very good Championship left back, uh, but he's 28, I think. They got Forsyth, who's 30 plus. Yeah. And they've got, well, they've um, just... Spaffed 10 million quid on Christian Bielek, haven't they? So, yeah, might need a bit of cash. Yeah, they've made no secret of the fact that they're a bit cash strapped, so maybe they, they need to balance the books somewhat. Yeah, and then so you hope if, if you sign him, that's sort of what go back to going back to what I said before about fullbacks providing the width. Yeah, he's a genuine attacking fullback, I think, and he's quite mobile. 
So that'd be sort of an option as well. Because yeah. Hughes, as good as Hughes is, is quite limited in terms of open play. Yeah, I think attacking. he just mentioning Hughes as well. I think he was lucky to stay on the pitch yesterday. Yeah, he was. He clipped his heels, didn't he? Yeah. So yeah, it's not. You don't see players get a booking for that. If he wasn't on a yellow, he'd have been given a yellow yeah. for that. So weird yeah, ref with... today. I think he, he let quite a lot go for both sides. Yeah, he, I thought it was okay. I thought uh, the penalty. Barky had a good penalty shout. Um, Maguire as well. And I thought Maguire's was nailed on. Neil mm. never made anything. I it just pushed him over. Like, yeah, it looked like a clear push in the back, didn't it? Yeah. But I think we got away with one as well. I think it looked like Galli unballed it. Yeah, Galli did definitely unball it. I think. It was that quite a lot, you know. He, he, that he weird, pushes like, the boundaries. Chest, chest control, like, yeah. top end of the arm, shoulder. Yeah. But yeah, Hughes was definitely lucky to stay on. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, you're looking at Fisher playing left back next week if he was suspended. Obviously, unless Lowe came in, but. Yeah. Well, uh, you'd like to think that them being linked with um, that lad from Vitesse is maybe a sign they've either moved on or we've done a deal. Yeah, it is a risk from the club, though. It is a risk. Yeah, especially with Air looking like he's going to be out for a while. Well, he can't play for us anyway until Jan. Anyway. True. Um, So, you can't have fuses. The other thing that the interest in a left-back says to me is that perhaps the club or the management staff don't actually see Earls, and we've mentioned it before on Twitter and on here, mm. uh, don't actually see Earls long-term future as a left-back. I know when Davis was coming through that he was touted as a left-back and then obviously had that loan at Fleetwood and played on the left side of a back three Yeah, um, and obviously became the player that he is now. Yeah, I've thought the same about Earl, to be fair. I've yeah. thought it for quite a while. So maybe no, that's, that's what I'm saying. Maybe that's the yeah. thinking with the club is get Earl out, get him a, a run of games, yeah. bring in another left-back, and then when he comes back in, he's sort of a left-sided another, another left-sided option in, in the centre of defence. As a long-term Ben Davis successor. Yeah. When, you sell, when we sell him for £20 million. Yeah, maybe. Might not be a bad shout. But, he played, but I think he played left back. I don't think he played up front yesterday. Yeah, it seemed like an odd one. That yeah. seems to come out of nowhere. Um, so, yeah. is there anything else that you've heard or anything you've seen on Twitter that I think I can't think of anything that I've no, seen? That's um, pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Um, the names that we've mentioned. One one thing I'd do. One thing I'd do if I was the club, I'd just go and pay for Ivan Tony. Um, I'd just go and pay three mil or whatever for him. Which is never going to happen. No. But I just, I just would. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to move next summer for quite a lot of money to the champ, and I think his value is just going to go up. Yeah, if we can get. Him and in. he's exactly what we're missing. So. He scored yesterday, I think, didn't he? Yeah, he scored ahead. He's a good player. I'd, I'd really, I'd just go and sign him, but it's not going to happen. Only thing but, is, is with Peterborough, you're dealing with their owner, aren't you? And. You are, but he's all talk, I think. Yeah. To be honest, it's, they've not really had many big sales. It's a bit of a myth. I think the last one was... Uh, it might have been Gale. Yeah, Dwight Gale. And that's going back a few years now. Mm, yeah, probably five or six, if not more. Yeah. We signed Hughes for, for for not much money last summer. Yeah. 
and again he so, seemed to speak quite highly of him. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be. I fear it's going to be a long four days from a social media point of view. If I was guessing now, I'd say we'll bring in two. Yeah, I, th- I think I think two. I think it'll be a mix of a goalkeeper and a left back, or a striker and a goalkeeper, or any mix of those. Yeah, it'd be one of them. But you always get like the odd surprise in loan or summer in the last couple of days. So yeah, anything could things, happen. But... Things come up, don't they? You know, clubs get desperate to get players off the books, and yeah. deals can be done. It'd definitely be interesting, though. And then I think that'll take us to sort of six, seven signings for the summer, uh, which would be a decent summer. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I think one final thing to address. Obviously, he's better placed than us when it comes to knowledge from the club, but. Didn't understand Dave said in the other day tweeting about um, Andre Green coming in mm. and almost being an instead of Campbell because they're just yeah. completely different players. I think he must have been told to say that or something yeah. like those. Just, yeah, because that, that made no sense to me. Didn't make any sense at all. And, I, and again, I think it reaffirms our stance from maybe the first couple of pods. Um, where we've said that it, it just seems like he's... I hate saying it because it it's a shitty thing to say, but he just feels like he is just a mouthpiece for the club. And yeah. again, like we've said about loads of players who we've maybe said aren't good enough or aren't up to it, probably a dead nice guy, but just... <laughs> <laughs> You've not just compared Dave Seddon to Louis Mall, have you? <laughs> I think I might. <laughs> Yeah, but no, the Andre Green thing made little to no sense. Yeah. Because it's not even like Fraser Campbell could have been a wide player because that's just not the type of player he is. He's literally never played uh, there. No. But I'm sure um, he'll be kept busy anyway in the next few days. Yeah, definitely. But he's, be, he's uh, sort of poured cold water on that one, didn't he? So that's if he says something like that, it's probably going to be true. Yeah, you've got to take him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we'll like just see. Said, it's probably better place than us for getting stuff from the club, unless they're wanting to keep things quiet. You never know. Yeah, I don't know. It's these transfer windows working funny ways. Yeah, but yeah, it's um, be a busy couple of days anyway, three or four days. Yeah, like I said, it could be a long three or four days from a um, from a Twitter point of view. Mm. Definitely, but it'll be fun. Be a good laugh. Yeah, loads of interactions going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's been good. It's been good to be fair for the uh, old interactions and stuff. Yeah, shout out to our 704 Twitter followers, I think it is now. Yeah, not bad going, that. No, hit the 700 mark yesterday before yeah. the game, put a little tweet out, which yeah. worked well for us. Mm-hmm, nice one. But yeah, no, I think we'll uh, we'll call that a podcast, I think, mate. Cool. Yeah, so thanks for listening to this episode of the From the Finney podcast. Uh, we'll be into double figures next week. Hopefully you enjoyed it and our thoughts on the Millwall game, uh, Ollie's tactical breakdown of things, and obviously all the transfer stuff that we've talked about. Yeah, let us know, uh, by the way, if you like the tactical breakdown, because if you do, I'll do it again. And if yeah, you don't, I'll, I'll pretend it didn't exist. Ollie's more than happy to do that again. Yeah, it's my favourite part of football. He lives and breathes numbers. Yeah, sound. Um, so yeah, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher and all the other places. Um, if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, uh, that would be great. 
I'm just going to say that we've currently got a higher rating than the official club podcast on there at the minute, but I don't know how long that's going to last after I've said that. Love it. Um, so shout out to those of you that have left us a review on there. And like I've just mentioned, if you aren't already, uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search for From the Finney and you'll find us. And we're going to be publishing loads of cool stuff and knowledgeable content throughout the season on the website as well. So if you've not already checked that out, then just go to www.fromthefinney.co.uk and have a read of some of the stuff, especially Ollie's piece Yeah. last week. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Cheer yourself up and have a read. Yeah. Yeah. Take your head out of that negativity. But yeah, cool. Cheers, cool. mate. Cheers, Jake. See you in a bit. See you in a bit, mate.